0: I strongly recommend High Variation in both Format and Facilitator of Retrospectives. I don't hear this take often, and, and I certainly don't see it at a lot of shops, but I think it has tremendous merit, so let's talk it over. Let me sketch as quickly as possible the retro scheme I see the most of and don't care that much for. It's got four columns. Didn't go well, went well, action items, kudos. Sometimes they change the text of the columns. One person, the same person each time, leads the meeting by gathering stickies, virtual or otherwise, and plunking them on the board in the right column. That person typically groups the ones that seem closely related. Now we process them. This involves reading them each out loud, looking around the room, sometimes identifying the author and asking them what they meant. We get a chorus of yes or a cluster of no, sometimes a little bit of discussion, very occasionally, an active disagreement. And that's pretty much it. Some teams review the prior sprints retro, some don't. Some check in on action items, some don't. In the end, we're all pretty bored, and we leave the meeting in order to get back to some kind of something we value more than the retro meeting. So, what's wrong with this? Well, in one phrase, the same thing that's wrong with every boring, repetitive structure intended to produce dynamic human interaction. However well-meant, structures organize creativity. They don't invite it or incite it, and they often inhibit it. So I propose we, one, change the format every time, two, change the leader every time, and three, bonus, change the location every time. The goal here, decenter ourselves just the right amount for dynamic creative discourse about who or how we were and who or how we wish to be. Why dissenter? Why just the right amount? Why that who and how crap? Ah, each and every one is a good question. We want to be dissentered, ajar, off-balance, not usual, a little off, slightly unsettled. Because even modest differences in my circumstances can often trigger significant differences in my viewpoint. Anyone with even mild rhetorical chops will have noticed how valuable and even urgent finding the right words is when you're in dialogue with someone else. It is often literally the difference between show-stopping conflict and uplifting collaboration. The thing is, the right words isn't a fixed point. It depends on who's there. It depends on the triggering context. It depends on subtle cues about recent events in or outside the team. It depends on where you're standing. When I am not standing in my usual place, I am not seeing what I usually see. I'm more alert, more open, and more likely to be able to formulate a different idea or a different expression than when I am in that usual place. We want just the right amount of this, too much decentering, and we're likely to be so weirded out by context that we clam up. That's exactly as useful as repeating the same old answers to the same old questions. Not at all. Getting just the right amount is hard, but there's good news. My too much and your too much are likely to be close, but different. By varying the extent of the decentering, we get access to different voices than we're used to. You know that one guy? The one who's always speaking to every question, always making noise, always, perhaps inadvertently, shutting out the others in the room? Okay, yes, guilty. Listen, we'll be okay if that guy is too much, but someone we never hear from is just righted. Changing the leader and changing the format are in a good range for just the right amount. There are no guarantees, and every team and every individual are different, but we're playing the odds here, and it's a good bet these two factors will land in someone's just right zone. What about this who and how we were and who and how we wish to be? Well, here we strike at the actual heart of the purpose of a retrospective, to help us embrace change. Think of better, in the sense of the imaginary person we wish we were, and in aggregate, the imaginary team we wish we were. Everyone who is mentally well has a better, and it's not a single vector of possibility, but in most of us, many, many vectors. I have dozens of these possible vectors, and most of us do, stronger, kinder calmer smarter faster more supportive more engaged more valuable more the list goes on and on and that stuff very very often is not listed as some sort of corporate goal but in fact would mesh nicely with a great many corporate and team wishes hell lots of people wish I were those things not just me the purpose of the retrospective is to surface those betters to mesh them to support them and to act on them. The only way to do that is by thinking and feeling and talking about them. Who or how I or we was last week, and who or how I or we wish to be next week. I can change without any act will, and I can not change even with an active will. But if I can line up a change with an act, the odds of success go up enormously. Retrospectives are one of the most straightforward ways to do that, but only when they present genuine opportunity. So I recommend we vary our retrospectives a lot, and often, by both format and facilitator, and even location, because the mild decentering increases the openings for us to embrace change. Now There are sites out there with hundreds of retro variants, and they're not just labeled differently or given clever artwork. Take stickies and write one word on them, discuss. Make and sort a list of the things you could do to guarantee the next sprint will fail, discuss. If you could make one full sentence magically appear in your CEO's breakfast bowl of alphabets, what would it be? Which part of our process could we throw away with zero impact on our performance? Some of these ideas look totally wacky, doesn't matter. They're still worth a try. They're just starting points. If nothing else, they'll give us some laughs, and laughter is pretty good medicine. Select a facilitator by chance. and Give them warning. Let her pick any format you haven't done for a month. Go to it. You'll have great facilitators and weak ones, but believe it or not, that part of the decentering is important too. Your best facilitator rarely speaks to the issues in the room by design and intent. So, give her a chance to be the patient instead of the doctor. If your same old facilitator is a little weak, rotating that job to other people will also give that person a chance to learn about different styles, and they might learn a whole lot in a hurry. It's a rare person who can get better at facilitating without practice, on both sides of the line. So that's it, really. I have talked these ideas over with several experts in retrospectives, including ones we know and honor for their work in this area. None of them have overcalled me on the idea. Some of them think it's exactly right. Others like like it, but don't emphasize it. But mix it up. Vary your retrospective format and facilitator on a regular basis, so we can get... But mix it up. Vary your retrospective format and facilitator on a regular basis, so we can get just the right amount of decentering that will allow us to get it who and how we wish to be. I'm g Thanks for listening. Hey folks, the change harvesting camarada, an informal gathering of change harvesters, is open. Come to slash camarada and check it out. Join today. The first fifty yearly members get a personal consultation with me, Jeepah. Thanks.